Today's episode is an on-air coaching call. This means I take a fellow yoga teacher through a mini strategy session that they have graciously allowed me to release as a podcast episode. These on-air coaching calls are a fascinating peek into the brains and the lives of other yoga teachers. I receive a lot of feedback that they help listeners feel less alone and more connected to their fellow teachers. I personally have a tremendous amount of gratitude and admiration for each yoga teacher who shows up on these on-air coaching call episodes to share their story, their challenges, and their aspirations. If you enjoy this podcast and want to contribute, please go to teachingyoga.net slash learn to browse the online courses you can purchase there. If you'd like to be featured in an on-air coaching call, email your topic idea to mado at teachingyoga.net. That's M-A-D-O at teachingyoga.net. Kathy, so good to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Hi, Mado. It's such a nice service to be able to talk to you one-to-one. Yeah, I'm excited to hear a bit more about this idea you have for doing some marketing that bypasses social media. So give me the background. I'm not a huge fan of social media, although I like it. Obviously, it gives me that thrill when I can spend hours on it, but I never feel good after it. I have a kid's yoga teacher training and I worry, I don't want to make it interesting for kids either. I don't want people to think about yoga and think of going online to Instagram to learn about yoga. So I've been thinking like whenever I market my kids yoga training, I want to do it without paying money to social media. So I'd rather do like old school kind of network marketing and joining groups. I think the one social media I do Facebook because I try to be helpful there in groups like about kids yoga and share answers to questions people have and stuff like that. And then recently I decided I'm going to really go old school and I'm going to mail out these yoga alphabet postcards for the frog yoga alphabet. And I've tested them for a long time at trade shows. I do one trade show a year and people really like them. And so the last trade show we did, I got 5,000 printed and my goal was to give out 2,000 and I did. So like when people came up to the booth, I would be like, oh, do you want to take some to your school? Do you want to, do you know anyone else who might like them? And really just people were excited to take them back and put them in the staff room and stuff. So then I thought, okay, I still have 3,000 more. Let's give them away. I'm feeling a little disconnected from my actual customers because most people want self-paced training right now over the in-person or the synchronous training where they have to show up on Zoom or in person. So I do have people registering for the course, but I usually only meet them for our final check-in for one hour. So really wanted to hear what people were thinking. So I ran a survey. I actually listened to your podcast episode about surveys. It was really helpful. Kept it short. And now the survey's over. And now I'm going to mail out these postcards to people all over the world. I had 92 people answer the survey and actually give their address to mail to them. So now I'm wondering, what should I say to them in the mailing? So I've got the postcards. I've got the envelopes. Everything's ready. I started writing a letter 
quickly realized you can't link in an old school letter. Wouldn't it be funny if you got like some chain and dropped it into the letter? <laughs> Make sure to click here. Yes. Send them an old link chain or something that they yeah. can plug in. Yeah. I guess that's a QR code or something maybe. Yes. A QR code would be mm. great. That's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. Okay. But you did. You just did. You were yeah. the one who thought of it. <laughs> so what did you learn through the surveys? That was really interesting. So of the people doing the survey, 41 of the 92 said they were already kids yoga teachers. So mm -hmm. I think that was like one of my most interesting statistics. And then 40 said they, they have kids in their family and they were allowed to check more than one. But then in another question, I asked, what kids yoga training do you already have? And 41 said they have zero to 20 hours of kids yoga training. So like that was by far the majority, 45% said they have zero to 20 hours. And yet 41 people said they're already teaching kids yoga. And then, so I've been really like reading line by line, each person's response, like really thinking of who is this person? Because I feel like the, that's the one thing that can set my training apart is I just want to be here for people. Like in the training, I have office hours, they can book a Zoom meeting with me during my office hours at any time they want to talk. But a lot of people don't use that, which hopefully means that they don't need it because the trainings covers everything. But I don't talk to them anyway. So this little personal touch of sending them stuff or just feeling like I'm getting to know their concerns. I asked them, in terms of kids yoga, what are you trying to accomplish in the next six months to one year? Check all that apply. And the number one answer was they wanted new games and activities to keep their classes interesting. So I think that's where the yoga alphabet will help with that because it's like there's a lot you can do with this. One thing I was thinking was maybe in the letter to them, I would give three ways to use the alphabet in their classes. A lot of people, the second answer about what their goals are was setting up a yoga and mindfulness routine in their classroom or home. And then the number three answer was get paying customers for my kids yoga business. And the fourth one was a write in answer. And that was please describe one goal and or obstacle that's holding you back in terms of teaching kids yoga. What have you already tried with these? And so many answers were about needing to establish their business. So even though they didn't answer as much about the business when I asked them to check the box when they wrote it in they did say that so a lot of people don't have like where it says build a website for my kids yoga business 27 people said they needed to build a website and then what hurt me a bit was because <laughs> I say this in my training I know you say it everyone says it is increase my social media presence like 24 people wanted to do that but set up my email list and email marketing. Oh, only 17 people wanted that one. I hope that means they already have an email list, but my feeling is they may not. So people are really drawn to that social media like presence idea over building the email list. Is this a letter that is the same for every person? Or is it a letter that is individualized? I'm thinking like a basic structure of people who are already graduates would be like one template to start from. And then people who haven't taken the training would get another template kind of thing. And then I would personalize it. But I'm building up a little bit of pressure on myself about 
I should be handwriting the letters. And just like this would be really difficult. But I do want to handwrite something on it just to make it feel personal. And I'm just wondering about the length of the letter. Because I know there's like long copy versus short copy. And it is a free, they're getting something free, but there's good likelihood they would read it. So how long I want to make that. And Okay. So what is the goal? What would you like them to do after they read the letter? I would like them to sign up for the training if they haven't taken it. That would be the big goal is to make sales. If they've already taken the training, then to keep their eye open maybe for a business course coming up. So again, making sales on another course, but definitely need some sales coming in for the business because it's been slow. (laughs) What I would start with is some insights from the survey. I think that is the obvious place to go. And I think people want more to be talked to very directly and person to person. If the fit is right, we don't mind being sold to. Okay. Yeah. I guess the story of the personal side is why are you getting something mailed to you? And just talking about why I made that choice. And my hope is that like with the actual prop in your hand with kids, you could actually do more yoga and less being on our computers like we all are tempted to do. So maybe just that. make that a story of that's why. Because it is it is weird to get something mailed to you. There's only two people who I've ever gotten things mailed to me from. And I always liked getting them. It always it stands out. Yeah, it stands out for sure. I think what's so brilliant about your idea for talking about the why is that you're really speaking to shared values. And I think that this is really important and can be very effective for people feeling, oh yeah, this is the right fit because I share that value of not wanting to encourage kids and myself to be online so much. I share the value of looking for ways to connect that is not online I think that's a way that you can stand out. Even though you do offer online trainings, it's not like we don't mm-hmm. want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are, there are many people out there that feel very conflicted about being online. And if that is the case for you too, then instead of having that be a problem, it can be an opportunity. Okay. That helps decide that. That's what I'll do. I recommend that you just write a draft and don't even overthink it or try to get it right, write a draft and send it to me. Okay. Write it in Google Drive, like on a Google Doc so that I can make notes and I'll give you feedback on it. I have a draft written. Maybe what I'll do is I'll say, if you don't know what to do with the alphabet cards, here's a QR code, go online. And then that gives them a reason to go on the website to find out how to use the cards. That's a way of also testing the results because I could make that not public page and then that gets them on onto the website. I don't know if I could track how many people actually visit the page. Yeah. That would be nice to ha- uh, on WordPress, how many views yeah. through Google yeah. Analytics or something. Exactly. Or? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You just look at your analytics and see how many people okay. view the page. And then obviously if you get sales for whatever it is you're promoting, you can match that up with people who did the survey. Mm-hmm. I think I would do a code, like a discount code as well. Yeah, there you go. Oh, this is helpful, actually. This is really giving me 
motivation, like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> you can, you definitely can. And I think this is such a good example of how much we need peer support as yoga teachers that we just get so in our own heads and we make things bigger and we start going around in circles and we just need another perspective. <laughs> That's what I really like about the Impact Club, Mado. I just appreciate those weekly check-ins. It's nice just to hear what other people are going through sometimes. But then when I do have an issue, it's nice to have like, okay, who wants to talk today? Even though like I've been teaching yoga full time since 2000, it's just always changing. And you do something, you learn something, and then you move on and you start doing other things and then you forget all about it. So I appreciate like you'll say stuff and say, oh yeah, I've done that before. Why, why didn't I remember it? We're such social creatures. We really need that connection to thrive. And I've noticed that as yoga teachers, especially as we're going more and more online, that we are missing that. And it's actually dangerous, I think, for our mental health to not be in community with people who understand what we think about all day and the problems we're trying to solve and the ways that we are trying to help people. To feel alone in that, I think is just damaging for our mental health as social creatures. I agree. Well, that feels good. You have this kids yoga training, but what do you have for the people who've already completed that training? Like what's their next step? It sounds like there's a lot of potential in your market from people who've already taken your training, instead of always trying to find new people to take your training, can that be one step in the journey? We talk about the customer journey of taking people where they want to go. And a lot of times you can't give it to them all at once. You can't give them one training that takes them all the way from, I'm interested in kids yoga to I have a thriving kids yoga business. You have to do that one step at a time and people will drop off along the way. You'll have some people who are teachers and they're like, I just want the training. But the first training is going to open up their awareness to other gaps and other needs. And so it sounds like the people that you surveyed were primarily people who have already taken a kid's yoga training or haven't recognized the need for one. So it seems to me like there's a lot of potential here for making some links and helping people see what the next steps are and then take the next steps. So what have you come up with or taken action on for helping people who've already been through your training take the next steps? I have a few things, but there is definitely a gap I'm seeing. Like I have a 200-hour training, which a lot of people, they do the kids' yoga training and then they realize that standard of, oh, a lot of kids yoga teachers also have the adult training. And plus the kids grow up and become teens and then they don't know how to teach them, which is more adult style yoga. So that 200 hour training, we license out to qualified trainers, which we call the yoga trainer fast track. They have to have been teaching for a while to do that. So it's not really something people like it would be, a, there's a big gap there to that thing. And then funny enough, I'm actually writing a 300 hour training and part of what I want to do is do double duty on everything. So like I was starting to write a business course on it and I wanted to have all of that in the 300 hour training under the business development. So they could take that and 
it could also count towards the 300, even though some of them may not yet have their 200. It would be a module of a 300-hour training. Yeah, I see what you're saying, though, about the customer journey. Where do they go after they graduate? Yeah, it, it seems like in your business model, which happened organically, and it makes complete sense why it happened this way, that there's a gap in your business model. What do you do with the people who have graduated from the kids' yoga training but aren't interested in taking a 200-hour training or already have a 200-hour training from somewhere else? Perhaps the 300-hour training could be that gap, but it seems like there's some other ways to engage them and to keep nurturing them and keep supporting them on the way to being ready for either the 300-hour training or that trainer fast track in the eventual future, right? Because you have so many people in your audience who are not yet yoga teachers or are just interested in teaching kids yoga. And yeah, there's not really next steps for them. A big opportunity is in some kind of curriculum resources, whether that be a membership where they get new curriculum each month. <laughs> that would be logistically a lot of work. Actually, I would start with creating a curriculum, which would be either perhaps in the form of a book, perhaps in the form of a like resource pack, you know, that they buy online, like in PDF form. That one is a little tricky because it's the whole like, does this count towards the 95 hour training or not? I already have eight manuals in my 95 hour training, like it is packed full of resources. That's always nice feedback when people graduate is my master list of activities has 100 like it would do them for like years. So they've already gotten that if they've taken the training. But some people haven't. And right. you could sell those resources separately. And so it sounds like you have plenty of Right. content that you could even create a membership. Again, the back end, I'm not mm -hmm. sure that would be the right choice, but at least you wouldn't be having to create curriculum for the membership. But 100% no, it would not count towards the teacher training, the 95-hour teacher training, because the whole point is that they're not signing up for that. They could, or they could just get the curriculum if they already have a kid's yoga training. Right and they didn't get as much curriculum as you provide, then here you go. I hope that the survey helps you to start thinking about what are some intermediate steps for people, whether they have taken your training or a different training, or maybe aren't even convinced that the training is needed, how can we keep them engaged, keep them connected, where your business or your customer journey doesn't have the next logical steps. I think this is a blind spot for a lot of us yoga teachers slash business owners who found ourselves that way accidentally is to remember that people actually appreciate being given the next step, that we don't like finishing a program and kind of being like, what do I do next? I don't know. It feels better resolution at the end of a program instead of to say, now you have everything you need, go forth, to say, from here, this is what I recommend. Whether it's practice teaching for a while and then come back to me and take my 200-hour, whether it's here's this membership, whatever it is, help people visualize what happens next. I hear it a lot. As I talk to yoga teachers, this feeling of being dropped 
by their training. This feeling of, okay, I invested in a 200-hour training. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I got to the end. I had built these relationships. I had come to really trust and rely on these trainers. And then at the end, I just felt abandoned. I don't say this in any judgment of those trainings, right? They didn't promise ongoing support after the training, but that doesn't invalidate the experience that the trainees have in, at the end, I wanted more and I wasn't given an option for that. So I think for all of us who work with yoga teachers and who train teachers to recognize that a lot of people do appreciate at least having the option for more at the end. Yeah, I think that's especially true when there are students in the class. And so they have this routine of going every week and then they take teacher training and then it feels like, oh, I shouldn't be going back to being the student again of the class. So then now they've lost everything by taking teacher training. So that is really important. One of my lead magnets, which has been quite successful in its because of COVID was doing a monthly live Zoom mini training, I call it. It's live and then there's a recording. So every month people can come in and connect. People sign up for it frequently, like almost one person every day signs up on that one, but they don't attend, which like often, like there's, I don't know, 1400 people in the course, but like maybe only six people will show up. So it is, it's a bit of a conundrum as a business owner to think, okay, what is the support that you want? For me, the big thing too, is just the email, like the ongoing email support and trying not to make it a sales letter every week, but actually make it something useful. I'm hoping that's like a little bit of you're not all alone anymore. I do think that attendance at everything online has dropped in the past year. Post-COVID, people got oversaturated with online. Even pre-COVID was totally normal for people to sign up for things and not show up. Also, you get a much higher show up rate if people are paying. So what this may speak to actually maybe having a low cost paid membership, because it sounds like you're offering so much for free. It's so counterintuitive, but a lot of times people receive more value by paying for things than they do when they receive it for free because there's lower perceived value than they don't show up for it. Like we know we can only receive the value we show up for. And it's this weird dynamic where if we have put our own money, if we've invested something into it, then we're more likely to show up. It sounds like you have a lot already in place that could be paid for as a way to figure out who are your most engaged people to support them a little bit more and make a little bit more money. It sounds like you're giving away a lot for free right now mm -hmm. that people would probably gladly pay for. I do feel that way, especially with the free replays of the mini training. Because now there's, I don't know, over 30 hours of free training on there. But my hesitation is like nothing sells itself. I don't want to just always be selling. So a part of me, it's nice that it's free because then I like it takes a lot of pressure off, like having to like, oh, nobody's signing up or committing to doing something and only having 10 people like to do it. But I guess I'm already doing it for free anyway. So <laughs> I don't recommend a membership for everyone, but it sounds like you're already doing so much that you could just transition the stuff you're already doing have, and have already created into a membership. If you have 30 replays in a library and you're just giving access to that for free, 
that's almost a no-brainer. I am so sure, Kathy, that more people watch the replays of my workshops because they paid for it than if I just had a free library out there, very few people would watch them. But a lot of times people will join the Impact Club and then they will binge that library because they're like, oh my God, I just paid for this. I just got access to all of this training. I'm going to soak it in. Yeah, I'm going to soak that in. Definitely not something to take on lightly or to jump into, but something to consider, especially if you can find other ways to streamline things. Is there anything else that you can make simpler in this process? I'm always a fan of that. All right. Is there anything else, any loose threads from our conversation today? No, that feels good. I think I have a good direction for the letter. And then I'm going to think about that membership site idea. I've waffled on it, actually, since you did the workshop on membership sites. So what's been your hesitation? What's been your thought process? Um, it, it is the idea of now I have another product to promote. Yeah. Yeah. But what if you basically you promote it in the same way you promote your lead magnets and then I would think of your target market as being people who graduated from your training. And you have this golden opportunity at graduation. You know, what I would do at graduation is to say, hey, if you want to continue staying in relationship with me, receiving mentorship from me, here is a fantastic deal on your first year of membership, mm -hmm. something like that. And then when you promote it publicly, maybe you promote it just like a monthly membership and the yearly membership is only available to your graduates, something well, like that. Because the monthly membership is an easier yes for people who don't know you, but the yearly membership at a lower monthly rate is an easier yes for people who know that you provide a ton of value and have had a, a strong relationship with you. That's that is the opposite of what I was thinking. So that's interesting. What were you thinking? I was thinking payment plans, people's cards get stopped and they just, can I pause it? All these things. It just creates more work sometimes to have the monthly installment plan going on that I just thought, okay, let's just make it like $99 a year or something really mm -hmm. easy to say yes to. Yeah, I um, think that's really easy to say yes to for your students. I would not bill it as a payment plan. I would say this is a monthly membership. You get access while you're a member. If you need to pause, you can just cancel. You lose access to everything. You sign up again. You're right. That can be a lot of customer service stuff. So I have all the policies written on a page on my membership site. And I have lots of links to it inside the membership site. So my goal is to get people to just read my FAQs first before reaching out. Like in on the contact form, they have to read through the FAQs before they get to the contact form. A lot of times people will still ignore it and still write it, but then there's it's just a matter of copying the relevant section of the FAQs and pasting it in the email. And it's basically you cancel it if you want it canceled. You sign back up if you want it signed, if you want to sign back up. And the whole benefit of signing up for a year at a time is that you get that discount based mm -hmm. on that commitment. And the other way that I would promote it is if you have a welcome sequence to people who've just signed up for something free, you can add it to that. So then it's you're not promoting it actively, you're passively promoting it. You can also 
put it as an upsell when somebody signs up for something free. Again, this is going to depend on your software. But if somebody signs up for something free, they can be taken directly to a landing page that says, while you're here, would you like to sign up for this membership? It's just $15 a month, cancel any time. Here's everything you get. Then your free lead magnets are actually promoting this low-cost paid lead magnet without you having to do any ongoing marketing. I like that idea. You're basically taking stuff that you're already doing anyway and then finding some automated ways to market it. Then it doesn't really matter if only 10 people come. Hmm. You're doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because something needs to change. I do feel like a little too much is free and it's not being appreciated. People like the idea, but then... Yeah, it's not, people aren't watching it or aren't showing up. And then sometimes they forget about it and they'll sign up for it. And then there's the option of, do you want to receive me emails? And then they opt out of that because people don't like getting emails. But then I can't even remind them about it. Yeah, I think sometimes it's very confusing for people when they sign up for something and they're asked, do you want to receive emails? because they don't realize that if they say no, then they're not going to be getting emails about the thing they signed up for. That's something I need to look in. I use Teachable right now and I don't love it. So basically people sign up for a free course in Teachable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So much value, so much value. And then do I give them note? Do I say, okay, it's, we're turning this into a paid thing in 30 days or 10 days, or that's also hard to navigate. I would give them a ton of notice, mm. a ton. Once you decide to do it, you want to give yourself like three months to implement everything. So give them three months. Just let them know and then remind them often because I feel a little betrayed if somebody changes something free to paid and doesn't give me much notice. If you know a year in advance, tell them a year in advance. And also tell them, hey, if you're not planning to sign up, watch these videos you might get a boost in participation mm -hmm. ahead of time. And then the funny thing is that once people participate more, they might actually see the value more and then decide to sign up. So yeah, I say give them tons of notice, as much notice okay. as you possibly can. In giving them notice, every time you give them notice, you're also promoting it accidentally. <laughs> you're keeping it top of mind. You're even reminding them that the whole thing is there. Yeah. Right. Okay. I feel like this is a good push. I feel like called to make that change. Then I think we should definitely do a follow-up. Okay. I'll see you in the impact club. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then when you feel ready to like create a plan for it, we could do a follow-up. Okay. Awesome. Great. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Mado. You're so welcome, Kathy.